What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Patemri, and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf. Week two is complete, and both the Blues and Panthers are still sitting undefeated. Stay tuned as we look at injuries throughout the league, teams that are hot and teams that are not. And to start out today's episode, we will be looking at a very sad and serious situation that has been brought to the forefront of the NHL recently. But without further ado, let's hop right on in to another episode of Top Shelf. All right, everybody. So we're going to get into this. Um, This is a bit of a more serious and uh, kind of saddening um, situation and thing that has come up in the NHL. So in June of this year, uh, law firm Jenner and Block was hired to conduct an investigation into Kyle Beach's claims for his lawsuit. If you were unaware, Kyle Beach was a former Chicago's Blackhawk player in 2010. He originally was under the name of John Doe for privacy reasons, but has since come out and revealed himself and done a public TV interview. Beach was called up to the Blackhawks team as a 20-year-old prospect for the 2010 playoffs. In the second week of May, Beach was invited by the team's video coach, Brad Aldrich, to his apartment for drinks and food. Aldrich had threatened Beach's spot on the team and then proceeded to sexually assault him that night. Beach would go on and report the assault to members of the organization. Um, mental skills coach and team counselor Jim Gary shared Beach's allegations with other leaders of the Blackhawks, including then-president John McDonough, uh, executive vice president Jay Blunk, um, assistant general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff, and then head coach Joel Quenville. Uh, the team decided to ignore the actions in case of bad publicity as they were in the playoffs. They did not make any allegations public, nor did they remove Aldrich. Aldrich had made sexual advances on an intern who was 22 at the time as well, according to the investigation's report. And only in late July of 2010 would the Blackhawks offer an investigation for Aldrich or for him to resign, um, resign in which he chose that. Um, He would still receive severance pay and playoff bonuses and um, a championship ring from the Blackhawks, who did end up winning the cup that year. Uh, Aldrich would go on to work multiple jobs afterwards, um, including a job in uh, hot in Michigan for a high school team. And while there, Aldrich was arrested and pleaded guilty to fourth degree criminal sexual conduct involving a minor in 2013. Stan Bowman, the GM at the time of then, Um, And recently of the Blackhawks resigned amid the investigation, and he was also joined by Vice President Al McIsaac, who also resigned. Other people, such as Sheveldayoff, who is the GM of the Winnipeg Jets currently, still has his job, but will be meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman, as well as um, head coach right now of the Florida Panthers, Joel Quinville, will also be meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman. Quenville surprisingly was still behind the bench last night in Florida amid reports such as Beach saying that Bowman told him in a discussion they had that Quenville said something along the lines that trying to win a Stanley Cup is more important than sexual assault. Um, So kind of breaking down this um, situation, first of all, um, good good on uh, 
Kyle Beecher being able to come out and um, reveal himself, obviously something very tough, but something he doesn't want to happen to other players. Um, but going into uh, Quenville being on the bench yesterday um, in the Panthers game against the Bruins last night, um, I don't understand how the Panthers organization in the NHL allowed that to be to happen um, with everything that had come up and with him being in the forefront of this discussion, um, of regardless of what was thought with everything going on, I think either the NHL or Panthers organization should have had Quenville take a leave of absence until further notice as he uh, met with uh, Gary Bettman today um, at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, I haven't seen any reports out currently about what happened in the discussion. I'm sure we'll hear more about that tonight, but I would have thought that Quenville would at least have had a leave of absence, at least for this one game, if not for further games, until something was figured out. And to me, it's a bad look to have him there when you know he could have possibly um, done something like ignoring a report of sexual assault um, in his organization. Quenville was also not available for media questions after their 4-1 victory yesterday, which is also kind of wrong in my opinion if he can coach a game he should have to face the media as well can't really pick and choose what he gets to do um so that that's kind of the situation that is going on um obviously the nhl is looking more and more into this um there's also um some things with players um some things that they said to beach and made him feel uncomfortable as well as teammates not really stepping up um, and stuff like that. And uh, it's going to be something that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on, but feel free to read a lot more about it if you're interested in it. Um, there's plenty of information coming out right now. And I'm, I'm kind of, it was the interview, I watched it myself, uh, the one that Beach did, and it was really, really hard to watch. And um, I'm just kind of disgusted by not only what happened, but how this has kind of been handled by organizations. Um, I didn't even mention stuff like Jonathan Thames and how it kind of makes him seem unfit to be a captain. Um, at the time, he was also the captain and still a captain now of the Chicago Blackhawks. Didn't do anything. And he said a couple of things as well. And it's not something I want to stop discussing, um, but the purpose for the purpose of other items in the hockey world today. We will move on. Um, I'm sure I will discuss it more in the future, and uh, I would recommend looking into it. A uh, very interesting and very important topic as well. But we're going to move on um, from that um, with Halloween now coming up into a more lighthearted subject. Coming up this Sunday, a question was posed to all the members of the Boston Bruins and whether or not they liked candy corn. Now, the consensus seemed to be out on the candy, with majority of the Bruins saying that they hated it or didn't like it. Um, that was all but the new signing, Nick Foligno, who was all in for the treat. And of course, David Poshinoff, being the guy he is, he had no clue what candy corn was. And a video circulated out on Twitter of Foligno uh, with a hand giving Poshinok a handful of candy corn to try, in which Poshinok said it was terrible and he did not like it. It was actually kind of funny. Um, I would not say I hate candy corn, but it's not something I'd just go out there and have if there were other options. 
And I can't believe uh, if you watched the video, Felino was comparing it as to saying like you're eating Lay's chips that you can't just have one. So in conclusion, Nick Felino is a psychopath. Um, but now over to injury updates. Sidney Crosby is eyeing a return back to the ice potentially tonight up against the Calgary Flames. Crosby is recovering from a wrist surgery on September 8th and had returned to practice yesterday. He has practiced three times now and is considered day-to-day and being evaluated for his return. Um, A Penguins team who I was counting out on uh, had started out hot, now sitting at 3-1-2, a streak that seemed to just be temporary and not sustainable without their two-star centers. Um, But it's good to see that they do have that depth and um, that they can get it done if needed without their two-star players. Um, obviously, the Penguins will be looking forward to getting their captain back out on the ice and hopefully returning, if not tonight, very, very soon. Um, the uh, estimated time for Malkin to be coming back is not yet set out, but Crosby is looking day-to-day now and hopefully returning soon. Drew Doughty of the Los Angeles Kings, who suffered a knee injury in their 3-2 to two overtime loss to the Dallas Stars on Friday, is expected to miss eight weeks. Dowdy is currently the second leading scorer on the Kings with seven points in four games. And uh, it's a Kings team that does not look to be close to a playoff contender. Um, Currently sitting at one, four and one Um, Dowdy holding a huge contract of $11 million um, is a huge loss to this Kings team. But at the same time, they don't seem to be a team that would be looking to push even in a weak Pacific division. And now we move to updates on Nikita Kucherov, um, who we had discussed his injury last week. Um, He had surgery um, for an injury sustained to his lower body, and he is going to miss eight to 10 weeks. Um, Something that could be worrisome for Lightning fans with Kucherov also having missed all of last year due to a hip surgery. Um, Obviously the influx of surgeries or in injuries um, is not something fans uh, like to see, especially from their best player, Nikita Kucherov, who is also debatably one of the best players in the league. The Lightning are currently struggling a bit, 3-3-1, and recently dropped 5-1 to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, They'll be looking to get Kucherov back and hopefully gaining some momentum and showing why they are two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Now we are going to move on into a fine recently on PK Subban of the New Jersey Devils, who was recently fined $5,000, which is the, uh, for his trip against the Calgary Flames is Milan Lucic. This is the maximum fine he could have received under the collective bargaining agreement in the NHL. And Subban was assessed a minor penalty in game. Uh, this comes after the preseason Subban was involved in an incident with newly acquired Rangers forward Ryan Reeves. In the preseason, it appeared that Subban had accidentally uh, took out Reeves, causing an injury that left him day to day. Though the slew foot against Lucic appeared abundantly more clear and intentional, it doesn't really help Subban's case, who already doesn't have the best reputation in the league. Um, as well, I don't think it's a good idea to be in debt to both Ryan Reeves and Milan Lucic, who are two of the league's premier fighters. Um, it's not helping Subban. It, it clearly looked like he intentionally stuck out a leg and tripped Milan Lucic. Um, 
and not something you really want to get known to be is a dirty player in the league because uh, that's going to put a target on your back. But Subban was fined uh, the maximum $5,000. Um, now uh, we're going to head into some teams that are hot and teams that are not. And starting with the not is the struggling Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs snapped their four-game losing streak against the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2 in overtime last night, thanks to William Nylander. The Leafs currently have a record of 3-4-1 and and will look to bounce back to a similar regular season from last year where they finished first in that Canadian division. Um, I do believe that the Leafs will find their footing and get back into a groove, even though I'd love to see the Leafs struggle. Um, they do also have a tough schedule coming up, though, uh, against the Red Wings, who have been a really hot team as of uh, this year so far, a team that I thought was going to struggle a lot. Um, we'll see if they can sustain that. But then also the Golden Knights, the Lightning, and the Bruins. And Austin Matthews um, of the Toronto Maple Leafs recently scored his first goal of the season. He won the Maurice Richard last year. Um, and was expected to be a favorite this year, but has come up to a slow start um, in that game against the Carolina Hurricanes. In doing so, he scored his 200th career goal. Now we've seen Leon Dreisaitl, also Connor McDavid, also got his 200th career goal, but Matthews did it in 338 games, which is the fastest uh, to that total mark since Alexander Ovechkin did it in 296 games back in 2009. Um, moving to the opposite team and teams that are hot, we have the Florida Panthers, um, who I think made a lot of good moves in the, since the trade deadline of last year in this past off season, um, I will be avoiding, uh, talking about their coach, uh, obviously Quenville, who I discussed earlier and focus more on the roster. And like I said, I had a uh, Bill Zito as my um, prediction as winner of uh, GM of the year. Cause I just think he's made a lot of good moves with this roster. And I really like how this team is built. So they are currently seven in Oh, uh, one of two undefeated teams in the NHL right now. The other is the St. Louis blues who are five and Oh um, to start the season. They also have a plus 18 goal differential which it, which is extremely good and best in the NHL. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and have us look at a couple of trades they've made in the past year, as well as a free agency acquisition. So first we have the trade for Sam Bennett, which happened around the trade deadline last year, where they traded um, Emil Heinemann, a uh, prospect, and a 2022 second round pick in exchange for Sam Bennett and a 22 six rounder with the Calgary Flames. Um, in the regular season so far with the Panthers from last year and this year, uh, Sam Bennett has combined 22 points in 17 games. And in the playoffs, he put up five points in five games. Um, it has been clear that Bennett has been well worth it so far and has looked amazing as well as having one of the best mustaches in the league. Um, I really like how Sam Bennett has played and he's really benefited from this change in scenery. And I think has, uh, established himself as their second line center. Um, he's playing alongside of Jonathan Huberdo. Um, they split up Barkov and Huberdo, and it seems to be working out really well for them. Also, at the trade deadline last year, adding to their solid decor, they added Brandon Montour um, for a 2021 third round pick from the Buffalo Sabres. Um, 
since joining Montour, he's had seven points in 19 games and has been a plus nine. He's also getting some power play time this year. Um, right-handed defenseman playing on their third line um, can also be bumped up though. Um, took a step up when Aaron Eckblad went down last year. Um, Montour is a two-way type of guy, but can also be a really good shutdown type of guy. Um, and I think he's just like a solid player. Um, not someone who is going to be outstanding or crazy fantastic, but just like a solid guy there to hold it down on the blue line. Another trade acquisition, like I said, they have been very busy in the last year. And I've really liked how this Florida Panthers team has been building themselves up. They acquired Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres, in which they gave up their 2022 first rounder and goalie prospect Devin Levi. So starting with what they gave up on um, the first rounder is probably going to be a late round pick with them most likely making the playoffs. It'll be somewhere within the, we'll say like in the mid 20s, if they don't go all the way to the cup. Um, so I think Sam Reinhart is well worth that and giving up goalie prospect Devon, Devin, excuse me, Devin Levi, um, who is going to be probably pretty solid, uh, ranging somewhere from a uh, solid backup to a low tier starter. Uh, they already have Sergei Bobrovsky and also Spencer Knight, who is looking to be their goalie of the future. So Levi was someone who was expendable. But since joining the team uh, this past offseason, they uh, got Sam Reinhardt's rights. He was an RFA. They sent him to a three-year, $6.5 million deal. And since joining this year, he has seven points in seven games, uh, can play on the wing or play center. Right now, they've kind of been dividing up their talent. And I really like how this team is built. But before we get into what their lines kind of look like, their final acquisition, which was through free agency, um, was Joe Thornton. Um, previously playing on the Toronto Maple Leafs and before that, the San Jose Sharks. Um, Joe Thornton, I think, is like 41 or 42 or something like that and really edging the end of his career. One year, 750K. Um, I think he's a great veteran presence there, um, a really likable guy, a great playmaker, um, can be a bit of a liability um, due to a lack of mobility, but just having that guy there, whether he plays or if he becomes a healthy scratch. I think just having his presence there is something really good. The one problem I have with this uh, Florida Panthers team is Sergei Bobrovsky. Now, uh, Bobrovsky is a very solid goaltender, and I'm not going to take anything away from him from that. Um, I just don't think he is worth the $10 million that they are paying him. Um, I believe he has either something five or six more years on that. Um, and I have a feeling they might run into some cap issues um, in the near future. They just signed Barkov to an eight year, $10 million extension. Huberdeau, I think has two more years and then he's going to be getting a big contract. Owen oh, Tippett's contract is up after this year. He'll be getting somewhere around $4 million. I believe they only have $3 million worth of cap space left. Um, and with Spencer Knight coming up, as their future goalie, Bobrovsky might be someone they need to look to unload to clear up some cap space. He's not the most consistent guy when he's on his game. He's really, really good and has been pretty good this year. Um, but it could be someone that in the offseason next year, they could look to unload or maybe at the 2022 draft, someone they look to unload in order to kind of clear up space um, to make some more extensions and signings. But as we look 
at this Florida Panthers team. I'm going to just quickly run you through their lines. So uh, this was their lines from yesterday, uh, starting with the first line, Carter Verhage, Barkov, and Duclair. Um, obviously, Barkov, their best player, um, really good. Verhage, a really good two-way player as well. So you got two really good two-way guys there. And then Anthony Duclair, a sniper. Um, I really like that first line. And they do a really good job at dividing out their talent. They don't go top-heavy um, with their lines because the second line has Jonathan Huberdeau, who I think is one of the most underrated. He might be the most underrated player in the league. I think he's probably a top 15 player in the league. Very, very solid, maybe top 25. I think you could definitely go for that. Um, he's in a tremendous left winger, great playmaker, playing alongside Sam Bennett, who has been benefiting well. And then Owen Tippett out on that right wing, a great sniper. Um, third line is Mason Marchment, E2 Listerinen, and Sam Reinhardt. Um, once again, Sam Reinhardt could easily be a second line player, but having him on that third line really gives you great depth. And finally, a fourth line of Frank Vitrano, Joe Thornton, and Patrick Hornquist. Um, Joe Thornton is the playmaker on that line, and you got two guys who can lay out the body on the wing. And we go to defensive pairing. Um, one of the best defensive pairings, I think, in the league is Mackenzie Wieger and Aaron Ekblad. Ekblad's a great two way guy, um, can really push up, and Wieger is that solid. Um, backbone that just stays back and he took a tremendous step up last season um, arguably one of the most improved players last year uh, on that second line you've got Gustav Forsling and Radko Gudis a um, couple guys who can really lay out the body a shutdown second line and then third line you have Kevin Connaughton and of course Brandon Montour um, I talked about the goalies Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight a pretty solid uh, tandem and I just really like how this team is kind of built out and how um, they are, and I think they could really be um, Stanley Cup contenders this year and have outperformed the Tampa Bay Lightning, and maybe they're going to take over at, and be Florida's new team. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably the hottest team in hockey right now is the Florida Panthers. Um, so now we're going to move on to our final topic. And that is going to be where we discuss Jason Payne, who made his debut as a head coach for the Cincinnati in the ECHL. Um, they defeated Indianapolis 3-2 on Saturday. And now you may wonder why is this important? Well, Payne is the only black head coach in professional men's hockey across the entirety of North America. Uh, Payne's hope is to make the NHL someday where there hasn't been a black head coach since Dirk Graham led the Blackhawks back in 1998 and 1999. Um, Payne isn't someone either who is just given this position. He has earned it. He played 14 seasons as a pro in six different leagues and was the assistant uh, coach for Cincinnati for two years. Um, I think this is really good um, in a step in the right direction. Um, and what an example he can be for other um, black coaches to take a step up and make it into this league being the only um, head coach is an extreme disparity. And um, hopefully we see th that this starts kind of a move of change. Um, obviously, uh, hockey is a sport where um, black players aren't seen that often. Um, nevertheless, black coaches um, mainly due to the uh, extreme cost of hockey um, that we see um, Hockey is probably one of the more expensive sports with um, sticks, skates, and 
all, all sorts of that in youth sports and um, with the disparity between uh, income for um, black athletes versus, uh, or excuse me, for black families versus white families in youth sports, it's, it's more common to see um, a highly dominated uh, white sport in this um, and hopefully something that we can change. And the NHL has been working with their um, hockey is for everyone we've seen in Willie O'Ree who came out with his story last year. Um, so I really think the NHL is making good moves and just hockey in general as a community is uh, really moving towards that and uh, getting more players of different races into the sport, which I think is really good for them. Um, so now to close it out, we got my three stars of this past week. At number three is Alexander Ovechkin. In the past three, uh, or excuse me, in the past four games, he has four goals, three assists, and seven points, and was a plus two. Where the Capitals have gone to zero and two. Um, I made my prediction that I think Ovechkin is going to go off this year and be a uh, win the Maurice Rocket Richard once again. He is currently only three goals behind uh, Brett Hull um, on the all-time scoring list. And yeah, he's been really good and was really good this past week and helping the Capitals who are now 5-0-2. At the number two start, I have Roman Yossi. He has two, he had two goals and five assists for seven points. It was a plus four in the last four games for the Predators, who went two and two. Yossi, who is their clear number one defenseman and a former Norris Trophy winner back in 2020. Um, he leads all defensemen in points with nine, and he will be a key factor in the Preds' chance for pushing for the playoffs. And finally, at number one, I have Frederick Anderson as my number one star from the Carolina Hurricanes. In his past three starts, he is 3-0 and has a .963 save percentage and 1.00 goals against. He has made 78 saves on 81 shots in the past week. And the change of scenery might have just been what this former Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender needed. He's undefeated so far this season, 5-0, in helping this Hurricanes team um, get to get off to a really good start. And Right now, the Nedeljkovic trade isn't looking as bad anymore, having Anderson as their replacement. Now, like I said last week, we will take a look at the league leaders now that we're two weeks into action. And leading rookies in points is Detroit Red Wings' Lucas Raymond. Um, he has eight points and included a hat-trick this past week. Um, congratulations to that rookie. And he's been looking really good and making an early push for the Calder. Leading the league in points is Connor McDavid with 15. Um, the Oilers have played six games, and McDavid has had a multi-point game in all six games so far. Uh, leading the league in goals is the great eight, number eight, Alexander Ovechkin, who also has eight goals so far this season. Um, like I said, I think Ovechkin is going to go off, and so far he's proving me right. Um, it's just something inside me felt like, he was going to make a push. He's trying to catch Wayne Gretzky and who knows how much time he's going to have. Um, but yeah, he's currently leading the league in goals. Leading the league in assists is Ryan Nugent Hawkins, who currently has nine of the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously helps with him playing alongside of Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid out on the power play. Um, but Ryan Nugent Hawkins, a former number one overall pick, might not be everything that 
he seemed like he was going to be, but he's shaping up to be a great two-way center and uh, could also play on the wing um, in helping out this Oilers depth at center. And leading all defensemen, like I said previously, in points is Roman Yossi with nine. So that is going to do it for today's episode as we reviewed the recent uh, investigation into the Blackhawks organization and the way a sexual assault allegation was handled. And I'm sure I will have more on that in next week's episode. We also looked at uh, some injuries across the league and the Maple Leafs woes in the Panthers' seven-game hot streak. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to follow me here on Spotify, and I'll catch you all next week for another episode of Top Shelf. Thank <laughs> you.